Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you, as always, for listening to my podcast. Love knowing that you're out there listening. It makes it all the, all the more worthwhile, <laughs> even though you know you don't. I don't see my audience, but I do see the figures, so that's great. Anyway, today I've got a very inspiring uh, chat with me, and I'm going to hand over to him to introduce himself. As, as you know, my guests always uh, introduce themselves far better than me. So, over to you, Luke. Please do introduce yourself to my fab listeners. Well, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Luke from Formosa Films. Um, I am a Welsh videographer based in Cardiff. I do videography for all types of services and all types of businesses from websites, social media, course videos and YouTube content. And yours is quite an inspiring story, isn't it, Luke? Because, I mean, let's face it, you're doing so much stuff right now and I guess it's all kind of happened quite quickly but after sort of I guess a a bit of a a rocky start which sort of led you to wondering whether (laughs) well anyway you please share your please share your story where you know how long is it since you graduated and what was it you wanted to do and how where are you now and what kind of happened in between (laughs) so I actually graduated from um University of Wales Trinity St David's back in 2017 um I did digital film and television production and I wanted to be, you know, a film and TV editor. And I was led to believe, um, I don't know if I was naive, but that I could get into the industry quite quickly and quite easily. And unfortunately, the reality was not the case. Um, even after applying to, you know, the likes of you know, the BBC, Sky and all the other platforms, um, they all said the same thing, which was uh, I either had qualification that is not something they're looking for right now, or that they wanted to take on apprenticeships. So that would mean that I'd have to start basically all over again and start from the bottom and become like a T-boy and work my way up, which is something that I didn't want to do. After spending three long years doing videography, I was like, no, that's not the case. So um, I stuck with Tesco, filling shelves, and got the opportunity to go into a marketing agency, which I thought was a dream come true job. And again, unfortunately, that was not the case either. <laughs> But you took it, you took the opportunity, you saw it, you seized it. And that is, you know, you've referenced Tesco already and you obviously just referenced that and also that story. And with my background that I've got like 34, 35 years working in recruitment. And unfortunately, I hear this story that you've just said about leaving university all too often. I have done over the years and nothing has changed, unfortunately. I think when people are in education, in further edu- higher education, as you were, there's this story about, you know, you can go and do this, you can do that. And that's great. It's fantastic to have this bigger picture. However, the reality is somewhat of a, <laughs> somewhat different once you've actually finished, isn't it? Definitely. And But seizing those opportunities that you did, brilliant. Yeah, I, you know, you have to, you have to seize all the opportunities if you want to succeed in life, I believe. Yeah, exactly. So that first role you did in the marketing business, what was it you were actually doing at that point? So I was supposed to be hired to, to do videography, but... Um, the founders couldn't find many clients to do video work. Unfortunately for them, I had a bit of a graphic design knowledge as well and um, used to utilising the Adobe Suite um, for like Photoshop and, and Illustrator um, so I could help with the social media marketing side of things. But that wasn't my passion. My passion was videography and I wanted to develop that. So they 
try to convert the business into um, an online coaching platform and then a TV studio setup. Um, and that's when they told me to not be employed by them anymore, but to self-employed because um, it was going to benefit me. And for all the listeners out there, please do your research and please investigate a little bit more than I did um, because I was then told that I couldn't work for anyone else, um, which is totally wrong and illegal. That's when I decided, no, I'm going to already establish this business now, so I'm going to go and and run with it. So you had that sort of opportunity, which wasn't the opportunity that was described to you, and the business wasn't probably as well established as you thought it was, as we know. I mean, without going all into the sort of the ins and outs of it, it really wasn't it wasn't what do they say what's that advert it does what it says on the tin well in this case it didn't did it <laughs> it definitely did not do what it said on the tin and the amount of clients who were upset with with the business and I I didn't like that I, I wanted to see you know clients and people happy and it, it always got to me that there was people out there like this company I worked for who disregarded clients and only cared for the money aspect and of course yes money is important but I think having a better reputation is more important. So what you're saying is it, it really, the way they operated their business what didn't match your values, they didn't have the integrity, they weren't client-centric, it was more uh, back-pocket-centric or, or left-of-centre, you know, back-pocket. <laughs> but you, what you did learn, though, you, I think you, you, you met somebody, was it, did you meet somebody through that time with that client that sort of... You were doing some different work, so it wasn't a conflict of interest at all. But that is, it was that link. So obviously, these opportunities that are presented, they're presented for a reason. And so, although it didn't serve you in the way that you expected it to serve you in terms of that job opening, it provided you with something else by return. Yeah, so I'm a big believer in that the universe, you know, presents opportunities and paths in front of you. And you just got to allow yourself to go down that journey. And I forgot to mention that um, I've actually, when I, during, sorry, my time in university, um, I was diagnosed ADHD, dyspraxia and dyslexia. Which is quite a lot to be diagnosed with all at once. Yes, and quite late in my life as well. I was 21 years of age and the only reason why I got diagnosed was when one of my lecturers actually came up to me and said, look, there's something wrong with you, like no disrespect, but I think you need help. So he said the same things as, looking back, all of my school teachers. So it was that I start off, you know, my work really strong and really well. And then in the middle, it doesn't make much sense or I babble or I'm not really going on the same topic or path as I was originally. Um, At the end, it finishes off well. And he said, I I think you may have some um, additional learning condition so I got assessed and diagnosed and then it was like a light bulb moment went off so many things made much more sense but because of like doing my time through um school because I was quite bright and people thought like, you know you've done really well they dismissed anything that could have potentially been dyslexia or ADHD you know when I got diagnosed I said to the assessor well if I've got ADHD how come I'm not on medication or how come you know I'm not like this crazy, you know, naughty boy, like in school. And she said, well, during your, through life, well, most people with ADHD or any um, neurodivergent condition, they, they um, mask, they mask like how they actually perform or feel in front of other people to fit in. And my brain must have had these coping mechanisms in place to 
distract or to deflect the fact that I had ADHD or dyslexia without my knowledge, which is really interesting. To segue back into what you said about um, who I met, during my time at the marketing agency, um, we had a client who um, specialised in neurodiverse conditions. Oh, wow. Again, is that sort of synchronicity kicking in there? Yes, exactly. This is why I was like, the universe is putting these people in front of me. And um, that client reminded me of, of my um, neurodiversity um, and embraced it and to understand it because, you know, I, like many people who get diagnosed, are just, you know, given these labels and then don't really have much follow-up or much support afterwards. I mean, I will I will be fair, you know, um, the university did give me a tutor and, like, you know, extra support in that regard. But after graduation, there was nothing. There was no support. And even at my job, um, when I told my new employers at the marketing agency that I was dyslexic, and funny enough, one of the founders is ADHD, it was like they almost dismissed it again and they, they didn't believe it or they thought it was an excuse because, as I said, they have ADHD and, you know, they can manage it with medication and I wasn't on medication. So it was just like... Yeah, there was an incongruency, wasn't there? Yeah, and I, and I didn't like that. So I, again, I just put my head down, masked, showed people that, you know, I'm I'm normal. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just it's just a different way of describing, like you were saying about labels. I've got a big, big thing about labels. I think sometimes people can get a label and then they become the label. But whereas you actually, it's helped with that diagnosis and understand. But then, as you said, there's been, there was no follow on because you just, it's understanding it once it's been identified well okay what does that mean how does it look like but it's about making it work positively just means your brain's wired up differently really and, and probably more uh, advanced than some of us others exactly it is it is that exactly what you said is the fact that my brain is wired differently to other people i can see things that other people can't see or like i'm a natural problem solver and i like to help people that's what this client you know made me embrace he, he told me that there's nothing wrong with being dyslexic or ADHD and actually it can be seen as a superpower we were working with him to develop um, this course to help neurodiverse people such as myself in the workplace which I found super super useful super super helpful because again I felt like I wasn't on my own I could see that these times where I was stressed or overwhelmed it, it was things that's out of my control like for the, any listeners out there who you know may be neurodiverse your how important your environment is or how important it is who you sit next to like if you sat next to a chatty person like that's really distracting for myself i have adhd i'm already a distraction to myself <laughs> I don't so just understanding like how to make your environment more impactful but fortunately this client he introduced me to um Cino bounds jamie and charlotte from Cino bounds I had a conversation with them at the time of working for this marketing agency to try and get them on board with that. And Jamie said, no, he doesn't want to work with us. And I didn't know why, because you know, I didn't know of him. But then as soon as the client who helped me embrace my ADHD knew that I was leaving, he was straight on the phone to Jamie and said, oh yeah, just let you know, like Lucas left and he's off on his own and what have you. Jamie contacted me right away and said, right, Luke, like, what's your plans? What are you doing? What's, you know, what does the future look like for you? And I was disheveled, depressed, <laughs> anxious, because, you know, I, I, I think it's my parents, because they were saying, like, oh, you know, don't leave. Like, you know, you've got to have stability in a job. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to be miserable. And No, you can't be miserable in work. I mean, it's just not good for your health in any way, shape or form. 
No, exactly. Like you, we only have one life and I obviously, like, you know, you got to follow your passions and your dreams. So I was like, no, do you know what? I know that I can do this. I know the clients love what I do and always review me highly. They always, you know, disregard the others. So yeah, so I spoke with Jamie and he asked me, you know, what are my plans? And I said, well, you know, I'm back to <laughs> working at home, working from my bedroom. Um, I'm trying to do as much as I can. And he goes, yeah, but what's, what's your, your your like short-term plan like from now to five years? And I was like, well, I'd love to have my own studio. I'd love to have, obviously, you know, a couple of clients on a um, retainer. Uh, I'd love to have, like, more equipment. I'd love to travel. And he's like, okay, well, let, let's start with, like, the studio. And I was like, like, what do you mean? Like, really intrigued. And he's like, well, I may have... Um, an opportunity for you like come down to our offices and have a look i think we should just interject and just let let the listeners know see no bounds and put that into context because yeah i mean see no bounds for anybody that is listening i have recorded an episode with jamie mccanch which is you've so inspirational got to listen to that and um and his wife uh charlotte uh who i recorded with previously i mean it's what they've got in their business if you, you if you can explain what see no bounds is and then that'll put, put it into context for um the listener because i think that's really important yeah so see no bounds is a business directory so if you um are looking for like say i was looking for a um seo expert yes yeah, so you could travel through google and, and search but you could be there for hours where see no bounds like type in an seo expert and if a couple of people pop up you can message them directly, contact them directly, or Jamie and Charlotte can actually get um, introductions for you. Um, and that's one aspect of what Cena Bounds is. And then they also have uh, monthly networks, which are free, um, where they give everyone an opportunity and a chance to introduce themselves, their business, and to connect with other people and go into breakout rooms. And then also they do, used to do, sorry, uh, regular live shows um, on their social media channels. Um, where they talk to different members um, and, and businesses and um, brands and things like that to help the Cinebound communities to connect. And, and yeah, and so they're, they're a networking organisation, but it's very much online, isn't it? Which was all established in the first instance because of Jamie's disability and connecting people on that. But it, then through lockdown, it widened it up. And that's, I guess, where you kind of come into it because... You know, because of their their values and they what they do as an organisation, that's how they reached out to you, which is just phenomenal. Yeah. So, like the one thing Jamie said was, like, we want to help um, people like in your position where you know you're young, and we we want to help you and see you grow and develop. And that's why he said, can't come down to the offices, have a look at this space, which um, was a dilapidated old timber framed building. Which Jamie actually fell through when he was giving me the the tour, <laughs> and he said, "You know, can you can you do something with this space?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know. I'm not a builder. Let me ring my dad, who is." And um, my dad. Oh, handy having me. a father that's a builder. Marvelous. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. Saving on that money <laughs> as well. Um, so yeah, my dad came down, and we all had a you know a, um, a cup of coffee and said, like, "Yeah, this is definitely something that we can do." And flash forward to three and a half months, we demolished and rebuilt a um, double studio with a office in between. And that's where I am right now, recording in the um, what I call the podcast room. This would never have happened right now. That, as I said to like Jamie and Chart when they offered me this opportunity, I said I was envisioning this to be like maybe the later end of the five years or the beginning. 
on you, Mark, because, you know, it's incredible to say that I have my own space that I can use because there's many videographers that I know have been, you know, decades in the game who still don't have their own space or they, they rent a space that it, it isn't them or isn't theirs that they can personalise, where this space, I completely designed it with my dad and built it from the ground up. It's just incredible. I mean, what do you what do you put it down to, Luke? I mean, in terms of how this is how this is all just sort of happened, it's really quite astonishing, isn't it? Yeah, I I always believe that it's like that old saying: when one door closes, another one opens. I remember after leaving um, university, and it was only until that I shook myself and actually looked at a picture of my nan who passed away um, many, many years ago. And I said, no, I, I want to do like my nan proud, my mum proud, my dad proud, my whole family proud. And I don't want to be in Tesco for the rest of my life. I, I'm just going to go out there and grab whatever opportunities because, you know, you got to learn from your mistakes and you and you got to grab any opportunities. So, yes, I grabbed the opportunity with the marketing agency. And yes, it wasn't a great move. However, if I didn't have that, then I don't think I would have the studio space that I'm in right now. So I don't dwell on the negatives. I just like reflect and, and learn from it because, you know, at the end of the day, we all have adversity and we all have struggles and it's how we deal with them after that after happens that like determines who we are as, you know, individuals. Absolutely. You seem to have some very, uh, very wise head on some very young shoulders. <laughs> I'm just fascinated because obviously with what you went through, like, you know, I don't know, your late diagnosis and the, sort of the steps coming out of university and, and then it sort of, I say, it falling into place. And I'm very much a believer in everything sort of happens for a reason and being, gra- you know, gratitude and learning from everything. But, you know, life can sort of kind of happen. And But I just I think it's amazing that they... they reached out to you, created, helped you create this opportunity and, and now you're doing exactly what it is that you've set out to do. You had that intention. You knew, But I think that's it, isn't it? You had that clear vision of exactly what it is you wanted to do in your mind. Even though those things took you off path and even though that sort of broken down sh- shell wasn't what your vision of a studio was going to look like, it is now because you've created it, which is amazing. So... Wow. And how long is it since you've been operational? So I officially established my business um, or incorporated um, 10th of September last year. So I've actually operated one year in business. But I didn't, I would say, like officially start properly until I handed in my notice of, of March 2022 and then you know, re-established myself then in June. So you're still your business is still really young and yet you're really busy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Ever since our open day, I've been non-stop, been, you know, bucked up, um, which I'm not complaining about at all. It's an amazing opportunity. And again, I've just been listening to people and seeing how I can help them because that's, that's what I strive for. That, that's why when you're saying like how I can be like so happy is I, I can see from my own adversities how I can help other people. Like with my late diagnosis, I look at my sister now who's just gone to uni um, this week, actually. How she has, well, ever since we met this client, um, she thinks that she's got dyslexia. Um, I've been like helping her and I said, like, look, you know, when you get to university, get the diagnosis. And even if you can't get the diagnosis or you believe that you have it, my advice would be to anyone that's listening is to just research ways to combat it because there's nothing wrong with you. Like I always thought like, you know, there's days where like people used to call me lazy and 
even to myself, I was like, why can't I do something? Why can't I just get up and do this? And it was because my brain physically could not function. And instead of beating myself up and everyone else telling me that I couldn't do it, I just needed to listen to my brain and my body, which was just that you're overstimulated, you're overloaded, just take a breather and then you can get back to it. Um, so yeah, I just try to help you know, people out like my sister and that. That's amazing. Such great advice as well, because I think, you know, that can come to all of us at any time. And it is so important to sort of tune into your body and listen to what, what's what's needed. Because I know I'm all too <laughs> quick to overload my work. Because I get excited about stuff and I want to do this and I want to do that. And, I, and I've often referred to reining myself in. I have to rein myself. And sometimes when I hear about all this neurodiversity, I'm thinking... I, I do wonder sometimes. <laughs> I do wonder. I can't work with everything put away. I have stuff out all over the place. It's only when I've finished with it and it doesn't need to be actioned that I can then file it and then I'll know where it is. But I I can't put things... <laughs> it has to be out. I've got piles of notebooks. I've got piles of paperwork. I've got stuff spread all over the place. And, you know, I, I, I will jump from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And I it's like I can't tidy a room in one go I have to work I will pick something up that might need to go to another room which will prompt me to do something in that other room which will prompt me to do being constrained in one area it doesn't work I don't, so I don't just like no, that definitely sounds like to me like ADHD because that's how when I had my diagnosis and the the assessor said to me she's like you know has there ever been times where you think that you could have had ADHD and I was like yeah speaking of like what you just said Sarah about starting a project and then I'll jump to another project. And like I always use this story because people think it's quite funny. I remember um, like decorating my, my room and I was so impatient. And also, you know, my brain was going like a million miles an hour that I wanted to get it all done as quickly as possible. So I remember like I ripped all the wallpaper off in one day and then I started painting. But instead of painting like chronologically, like this wall, then move on to the next wall to, to the right of it. I would go from one wall and then the opposite wall and then back to that wall and it just didn't make any sense. And then instead of like waiting for like, you know, the, the walls to dry before you decorate it, I was like, no, I, I like my brain, I can see the vision, I just need to action it. So I would like, you know, put all the furniture back, put things on the wall and... Well, that, that reminds me actually of my son. When I had, I had a garage conversion done, um, oh gosh, how many years ago now? 12 years ago. And um, I had it the garage conversion um, turned into like an office, but there was an ensuite put in there. I once I'd moved my office from home into the village, and my son had that room anyway. Beginning of 2020, before we had COVID lockdown, there was a fausty smell. Long story short, there was this sort of smell in there, and it had to be all ripped out. The shower had been leaking and what have you. Anyway, I'd had a plumber out, and he'd he, he'd bolted it off. But I've got to have all the room ripped out, and my son's got building skills. And so I said to him, "Well, if you can do this, knock that wall." Anyway, he went and cut the. He went and cut the pipe that had already been cut. We had mains water pumping out into the room, and of course, he hadn't moved any of the furniture out of the room either before he started the work. And it was just like, "Oh my God!" And trying to get hold of a, the, the emergency plumber, and <laughs> just, just like, "Oh my God! What have you done?" It's like, he just acted on impulse, and that's what. Yes, yeah, I didn't even think even even cutting water pipes alone. You know what? If you're going to start knocking walls out, you take the bed, the bedding, you stuff out of the room first, Fred. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, but that's the to us that's an in, in, um, inconvenient and insignificant step 
because we can just think that, oh, it's okay, we don't need to take all that stuff out because we've got to put it back in anyway. So if we just move it to that one side of the room and work on this side, it's fine. What's the arm? But always, there's always like, you know, some disaster. Yeah, I, I really ought to sort of look into it because I, my, I mean, I've, I've got my office manager, for example, I'm, and hopefully for the listeners, this is, this is of interest at all. <laughs> I do have a habit. You see, now you, see, I, you talk about going, I do this, I will go off at an angle. I will go off at an angle. But my office manager's like like OCD. I mean, how she works with me, I don't know, but she's got OCD in terms of tidiness. My partner's a clean and tidy person. He will put things away and I've no idea where he's put them. He's like, don't put it away. It needs to be, I need to know where it is. But he, I have a habit of leaving chairs out. Is 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 that on it? So I get up and get I walk on and I don't pull the chair. And I'm driving to tell myself, push the chair back in. <laughs> Yeah, all of all of these that you're saying here to me. I mean, I can't say that it's definitely, but that is definitely a trait of you know um, ADHD. The amount of times that you know, I have to remind myself to listeners out there. You know, how many of your like children, friends, family, spouses go to the kitchen um, to say like make a glass of water? How many times do they leave the cupboard door open? Or like the drawers, you know, untidy and in the mess, and that is that is that's me. And I've got to consciously every time I go to the kitchen, I'm like, right, I need to get myself a glass of water. Right, grab the glass, shut the cupboard door because I do the same. I'll just leave it open because all my brain is thinking about is I need I need water, I need to function. I will not think about like shutting all the doors after me. But because of like how I was brought up, and you know, I'm a people pleaser, I try to, you know, again mask my ADHD so I'm like okay consciously I gotta shut that door I gotta make my squash and then I gotta go upstairs and close the door behind me where I look at like my brother for instance who hasn't been diagnosed but every time he goes into the kitchen to, to get whatever he leaves all of the kitchen doors open the living room door open and was like you know kind of must have been born in the barn who knows <laughs> but I think the thing is you've got this focus haven't you I mean I know I know I've got all these things that I will do and I will get finished but I, I, I will jump from one thing to another. So, yeah, do you know what? It does make me, I'm just saying, it's not something, I mean, I, yeah, you just get on and do it. But I think to anybody, I can leave stuff out. It doesn't bother me. I don't get worried about it. I've got more important things to be doing. Because you're doing one task. I'm the same. Like, if you look at my office right now, it's a mess. But I know it's because I'm actively working on stuff. And as soon as the end of the day comes and I switch my laptop, uh, laptop down, I can put everything away and it's tidy again. Oh, you do that? <laughs> oh, you see, I, I, my, my laptop and computers can sometimes be on for weeks because <laughs> I'm in the middle of doing things. I can't switch them off. <laughs> I, have to, I have to switch her off because just before I was diagnosed, actually, um, my computer died on me because I had a MacBook and the beauty of the MacBook is you can shut the lid and open it back up and it comes on instantly. So I thought, oh, I don't need to switch her off. And... Um, I only had this MacBook a couple of years, and then one day it wouldn't switch on. I went to to the Apple store, and they said, oh, it's um, a motherboard issue. It's going to cost you, like, £800 to fix. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. It's too expensive. I must just get another laptop. And when I was, like, Googling it, he was like, oh, it's because you, you don't switch it off, and you're straining the computer and what have you. And I was like, if that isn't a representation of what ADHD is like, I don't know what is. Um, so now, I, as, as often as I can, I switch my laptop off, because... Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't want to happen again. No, well, that's that's probably some good advice for everybody listening. Make sure you switch your computer off. <laughs> Laughing and joking aside about it all, the the, the there's so we were you were referencing learning earlier, 
And when when you actually understand your brain, because, you know, we aren't our behaviour, we have that control over it. If we, once we sort of take a step back, we can observe our thoughts, words and actions. And that's when we can take steps to, you know, change our behaviour. And obviously, when you've got something like, as you said, ADHD, you know, you, you it's perhaps more pronounced. So you know exactly what it is. And now I've had it pointed out to me about my chair. I'm, I'm just like, right, OK. Stand up, push it back in. Then you won't walk into it in the diet, Sarah. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> just like... But it's actually, once you are aware that you can make changes to your behaviour, you, you get different results then. So it could be anything that you want to achieve in life. You, it's about how you change your behaviour because you can't change anybody else's. The only person's behaviour you can change. But it also is about embracing who you are. It's not about becoming somebody completely different but it's it's about getting results but you are getting results and that's amazing that you've obviously had you know automatically put in um processes previously but now that you've got this additional knowledge that you've overridden that and now you've gotten all these clients and you're going great guns i mean so i've got to ask you what is videography (laughs) exactly Uh, sorry audiovisual recording um so taking your smartphone video camera and taking that footage then and editing it, cutting it all up, changing, you know, the colour, um, adding graphics or elements on top of the imagery. Let's, you know, talk about what's happening right now with, you know, the, the Queen passing. You know, like on the news and you see the um, words that pop up on the screen or the ticker tape that goes on the bottom. All that's like elements that you can add into your, like, videography. What I do is I help businesses and entrepreneurs to elevate, like, their videos from, you know, doing, like, one or two videos a month to more regular content um, or like their social media platforms or for their website content to make sure that, you know, customers are able to understand um, the business or the other person because I feel that it's a lot easier to engage with seeing a video than it is reading a piece of text. And I'm not saying that because I'm a dyslexia. I'm saying that because, you know, many people can like interpret written words differently um, where with a video or like, you know, like a podcast, you can see and hear what it is exactly that that person's trying to get come across to you. Um, and that's what, like, I want to help people with, with their videos. And, you know, especially with like YouTube stuff. Um, I have a client who I help, like, going from one video a month, giving um, information and topics to people because that's all that they could do at the time, to now posting out like regular content, you know, Instagram reels, other social media content, and, and just engaging more with, with um, the audience. Because, again, s- static posts and, like, text posts, people can misinterpret or, you know, they scroll past because it's not engaging somewhere. If they see something moving, and, you know, that's what video is, is, is moving images then they're going to be more engaged to like watch and listen. So I've only just sort of started to try, well, I'll keep on trying to understand real deal. And I think the thing is, you know, I, I have got the capacity to learn stuff. But when you, as I've described, when I've got so much going on in my head, it's just like, oh, like you get to that point of overwhelm. You go, no, I can't do any more. I need to, need to whittle away at it. But that's interesting what you're saying. So I did set up a YouTube channel myself pretty much during lockdown. And I've got about sort of 50 odd video, 55, I think about 55 videos on there. But I just literally spoke them and I had somebody just top and tail them because I didn't really know what else. And I hadn't got the capacity to 
edit them because I know the whole editing process, you know, it, it can be quite time consuming. And obviously all my, like, for instance, podcasts are all edited and produced and what have you. But I think it's it's great, as you say, you, and you've got somebody professional like yourself taking that on board and producing some professional content to get it out there. It, it's how you portray yourself as a business, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you, you want to make sure that what you're putting out there is the best representation of yourself. And that's true in life, isn't it, Luke? (laughs) To be fair, that's true in life. Well, let me say thank you, firstly. Thank you so much, Luke, for your time. I really appreciate it. And it's such an inspiring story for for everybody out there, you know, in, in so many different ways, from graduates sort of finishing university to knowing that you can follow your dreams but it's having that sort of clear intention in mind of what it is you actually want to achieve and if you need any help on that you can get in touch with me (laughs) but equally so you know in doing what you're doing and how you've recognized those opportunities and seized them to doing what you're doing now um you know it's how do people get in touch with you if they want some help with a videography uh fortunately for me i've got a really unique surname so you can type in uh famosa films into google facebook linkedin twitter anywhere and that's Formosa F-O-R-M-O-S-A films ah that's brilliant nice to have something unique as I said actually Formosa that I mean you've got a, a lovely Welsh accent there but I'm sure Formosa isn't Welsh <laughs> no Formosa is uh, Maltese oh oh okay oh that's interesting I having worked in, in recruitment and doing a huge amount of bilingual recruitment you know I've seen so many different surnames and it's not one I, I've seen before so it's definitely definitely unique that's the best way to be and it's got a nice ring to it hasn't it i can see it on the big screen in time to come yeah it's the alliteration for most films and that's why it's like oh yeah love that F and perfect F. <laughs> absolutely perfect brilliant oh well look, thank you so much again look, really appreciate your time and thank you all for listening i hope you've enjoyed and been inspired by this episode please do rate review subscribe or download or whatever it is you do on your channel <laughs> there's so many different options so many different listening platforms and yes if you'd like to get in touch with me it's sarahjnaylor.com um, and you can find me on all areas of social media as well I'd love to hear from you anyway as I say thank you again and this has been me Sarah J Naylor this has been Luke Luke Formosa at Formosa Films <laughs> signing out until next time have a great rest of the day week month year whatever it is you do anyway take care everyone take care thanks a lot bye Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.